Welcome to episode 168 of the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast. Mid-Off, because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, the Vin Diesel of Cricket Podcasting, mainly because if I don't get my way, I'm a nightmare to fucking deal with Mick, and let me introduce you to the rest of the team. Uh, Next up is the man who refuses to yuck anyone else's yum. Welcome, Alex. Guys, don't know what that means, but if it's what I think it means, it's pretty accurate. I wish everyone all the best in all their endeavours and yucks. Yum. Next up is Cricket's answer to Biggie Smalls. Welcome, David. Hi, chaps. Just gone a bit later tonight, which is good. That's when I'm doing my best. <laughs> the better I am. You had a haircut, David. Yep, sure did. Nice. Looks good. Thank Suits you. you. Yeah, thanks. Same I wish you all the best with your haircut. Yeah. It could, um, if, if you don't like it, of course, it'll be better in two weeks, so you won't have to worry. You can't speak it. You haven't been introduced. And lastly, lastly, <laughs> he's not going to answer to Kanye West because he's constantly interrupting. Welcome, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kanye West did that at some awards night, didn't he? Yeah, Ross, at about 20 world. fucking years ago. <laughs> yeah, well, right in, up Mr. my Mr. Affairs, Roscoe. <laughs> Just like to wish everyone all the best for this podcast. And also, this is a significant number in Australian Test cricket history 168. Mark Wall? Yeah. No, that's Alan Border and Steve Waugh's Test matches played, isn't it? No, it's Steve Waugh and Ricky Ponting. Oh, that's right. Most number of Test matches played for Australia. Surprising, Alex, that Ricky made it to 168 because in 167, Chuck's <laughs> colours made him fall flat on his, <laughs> flat on his face. I uh, did. He did. If if I was the governor general, George Bailey, um, at the time, axe. See you yeah, later. Can't Dumped. be falling on your face. No mate. farewell to no a farewell Steve Orr style. Yeah. No, page true blue, get out. <laughs> hey, JL. <laughs> all righty. Welcome, one and all, to the Frederick Harold Sock Company Studios. This is a tight ship production, apparently, brought to you by Big Lug Enterprises. Has it been for 100 episodes? Yeah. Mm. All righty. So um, before we talk about fucking Justin Lancaster, fucking Nick we'll talk about him a bit later because there's a little bit more news that's come about, but we won't talk about it. But we're going to kick off with uh, the finish to the women's ashes. So since our last uh, podcast, the women have played three ODIs to finish off their ashes series. Um, so the first of those ODIs was the Monica Oval. Um, England won the toss and chose to have a bowl. Australia would, make, yeah, Australia would <laughs> make 205. Uh, Beth Mooney would get 73 of that 205. But for England, it was uh, Kate Cross with three for 33 and Catherine Brunt with three for 40. Uh, England would get nowhere near it. They'd, make, they'd be robbed for 178. It was Natalie Skiver with 45 and Darcy Brown would take four for 34. Aussies win by 27 runs. Unsurprisingly, player of the match was Beth Mooney. Absolute jet. Yeah. So, um, in the final two matches, yes, Roscoe. Oh, sorry. You mentioned that um, player um, for England, uh, first name Kate. I know that she has a brother called Chris. Chris Cross? Mm. Yeah, I heard he wears his whites backwards. But yeah, yeah going to make you jump. Mm. <laughs> tell you what, that definitely makes you think, doesn't it, Ross? <laughs> it does. It's like Nathan Carroll, the bloke who played for Melbourne. He had yeah. a brother called Christmas. All righty. All righty. I don't have a cricket sound on my keypad here, but yeah, anyway. Uh, second, second ADI was at the Junk in Melbourne. So Aussies won the toss and elected to have a bowl. They would roll England for 129. It was Sophie Eccleston with 32 red. Lise Perry uh, took three for 12. And Talia McGrath took three for four. She's so, a good player. Um, in reply, the Aussies would get five for one thirty-one. At least Perry would get forty. Kate Cross would get two for forty-six. Yes, Alex. Uh, is it? Do you think Tully McGrath, because she's relatively inexperienced, that they don't just open her with batting and bowling yet? Like they're just going to say, give you forty games under your belt, and then you can do the stuff where you know she seems to break in case of emergency situations, batting and bowling in like the T twenties at the start. She scored eighty or whatever coming out of nowhere. Just open her, open her and everything. Yeah, I got a feeling that it's like you said. I think it's a case of 
She's still new. She's still young. She's still relatively fresh. Let's not just put all of this on her at once and let's let her and like and we've seen and we're going to find out by the end of this um little bit of this series that she fucking dominated like she is ready like she is the player for australia and is going to be for a long time because she's so young so um, the one benefit will be is for those other people like the beth moonies and the meg lannings and even elise perry is that tarly mcgraw is going to take a lot of the brunt off them and they'll be able to still contribute and not have so much focus on them having to do everything themselves. So that's yep. really good for those girls as well. Yes, Roscoe. Yeah, it's a good point, Mick. And um, with the World Cup coming up starting the 4th of March in New Zealand, um, good opportunity to see what Tarling McGrath can do on the world stage. I know yeah. she's already playing international cricket, but, you know, World Cups are usually quite memorable for great performances. So she's in a rich vein of form. King Oath. So the Aussies win that second ODI by five wickets. Elise Perry would be the player of the match. Um, so, yeah, third ODI was also at the junk. Uh, it's fucking much the same. Um, England won the toss, selected to bat. They get rolled for 163. Um, Tammy Beaumont get 50 and Skiver will get 46. It was Annabelle Sutherland getting four for 31. The uh, Chief... Uh, or the daughter of the chief, or the sister of the chief, whoever's the fucking oh. chief now. Um, so uh, Australia would get two. <laughs> they chase it two down. They get two for one sixty-four. Meg Lanning you get fifty-seven red at her home at one of her home grounds because she's Victorian. And Alyssa Healy would get forty-two. Sophie <laughs> <laughs> Eccleston would get one for eighteen. So Aussies win by eight wickets. Player of the match, Anna smashed him. So Aussies retain the Ashes 10 to 4. You gotta remember yeah. that is with a draw <laughs> and with three rained out, uh, two rained out T20s. That it, so it could have been a lot worse for the touring England. Uh, player of the series, unsurprisingly, was the lady we were just speaking about before, and that was Talia McGrath. So um, she's like Ross said, she's primed for a massive Women's World Cup. I think if the Aussies will win it, or have a chance of winning it, she'll be player of the tournament. Oh, yes, Roscoe. The Poms really trailed off bad, tailed off badly after that test match, didn't they? Like, and they prog- progressively worse. Once in they the lost their oh, fuck. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. I just thought an interesting point that um, the three T20s were at Adelaide Oval, and then the test match in the first ODI was at Monica. So, Monica, I know secondary ground, but it has hosted test matches, but then. The two ODIs in Victoria were at the Junction Oval, which is definitely a secondary ground in Victoria. Just not even one of them at the MCG. Don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting one because, like, you, and you can't even argue that they're getting the G ready for footy because in about two days' time, there's going to be fucking men's cricket on there. So there's yeah. still the pitches are still there, everything's still there. It probably would have been good, for, I suppose. One of them was on a Sunday, maybe, yeah. and the next one was on a Tuesday. Now, if I, as I start having that thought, let me back that thought up. Would was this at the junk because Australia's meant to be playing New Zealand? No, and uh, yeah, could have been. Probably but it. then that got cancelled a week out or more. Yeah, but if you're like you know the junk's gone out and bought all the pies and sausage rolls, Ross. No, shit, yeah. Things, yeah. You like, can't take back Snowy Mountain pies either. They go off at the drop of a hat. They're mouldy like that. Yeah. You ever tried three bucks for this paper thin bit of rubbish. Fucking <laughs> can't take I, them back. That's a good point. You I know, think you bought your Gatorades, you bought your chalky frogs. Potato gems, they're not fish blobs. Chicken bits. I reckon um I think it's better at the junk anyway. Because if you we know ourselves, Mick, when we go to a sparsely, you know, attended game at the MCG, it's just fucking horrible. So I think getting people to the junk, I think just better. It's a better atmosphere, I think. If if you haven't got 60 or 80,000 at the G, it's pointless. It's just shit. Yeah. And I also think, and that's a a spot on ball, because you see it when we go to Shield games, there's like fucking 15 15 of us there. It's the saddest fucking thing in the world. (laughs) Mainly because we're 15's really sad cunts all fucking But um, got your score books and your yeah. three different coloured pens. Yeah. Eight pens, come on. But oh, sorry. I think the other benefit of the junk is because the women's game in Australia 
at all levels is still a relatively developing game. It gives those, it gives the young girls who want to be cricketers now a little bit more access to the players being at a ground like that as well compared to being a big massive stadium. So I think that's probably good as well because you know it, it's probably from a if you're a little girl and your hero's at least pair and you can wander over the fence and she comes over and gives you an autograph, but you can't always get that at the big stadiums. Mm. I think that's probably a really good really good aspect of it as well. Like, sorry, not, it's not why they plan games in places like that, but actually nah. it's a really good point, part of it. So, yeah. Yeah, as long as they don't have Karen Rolton Oval type pitches that are just useless for everything. If it's like, you know, got a bit in it and you can decent score runs quickly pitch. in it. Yeah. yeah, decent cricket pitch. And the, the facilities aren't lacking. I mean, it's fine, well, I guess. Junk, it's like, the reality is, is that the junks, the Victorian men's home ground too. Don't get confused hmm. with the G because they... Like now, yeah. going play one game there, early, yeah. play games there. So that yeah. is that is a yeah, also men's first class level facility. So it's a like yeah. it's a good facility. So yeah, unlike Karen Rotten Oval, yeah, mm. makes you think. You might have to do one around the grounds on Karen Rotten Oval. I think mm-hmm. I've done one. Oh, have you? It must have been good. Yeah, yeah, memorable, memorable. So, yeah, so that's it. Well done to the girls. Well done to Natalie McGrath. Like Roscoe said, the World Cup's coming up. We probably won't cover every game in that, but we'll, we'll run an eye across it when it comes over and see what's happening there. Um, so from there, we're going to move on to a bit of men's uh, Australian cricket, men's uh, international cricket. So uh, the Aussies are currently playing Sri Lanka in a, T- a five T20i series. Uh, three of them are already done and dusted, and the final two are coming this weekend. Why not so think- seven? Is it seven? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, why not seven? That's what I always ask for a five T20 I. Series. Oh, yeah. More yeah. T20I, the better. Yeah. Why not Nine. 15? Why mm. Don't stop there. Yeah, just the, uh, the highest prime number you can think of in two <laughs> digits. Uh, all right, yeah. So the first two are at the SCG. For those playing at home, that grounds are located in Sydney. Um, it's a small town to the north of Melbourne. Um, so... SL won the toss. That's Sri Lanka for those playing at home. And they elected to have a bowl. So the Aussies will get nine for 149. The Aussies were flying for a bit there. Ben McDermott made 53. And him and Inglis were having a crack. And then Stoinis come out and got 30. Um, but it was uh, Hasaranga who took three for 38. Um, and he was supported by Fernando, who took two for 12. Uh, I'll take this opportunity right now to say, Shane Warne, shut the Fuck up. Yeah. I am sick. Right, okay. I get he's got his little indoor cricket, drops his knee, bowls the, right, the flat round arm thing. For starters, calling it The Undertaker as a wrestling... I'm a massive wrestling nerd. <laughs> calling it The Undertaker was fucking dumb because it has nothing to do with each other. You're saying he's bowling the ball under the wicket, but that's not what an Undertaker does, mate. An Undertaker doesn't bowl the ball under the wicket. You're a fucking idiot, Shane. You're fucking dumb. I haven't Undertaker watched... Undertaker is a seven-foot mm. undead zombie mortician. It's got nothing <laughs> to do with bowling cricket. You're fucking stupid, Shane. Oh. I haven't watched a lot of uh, wrestling, Mick, but in the stuff I have, I've seen tables, I've seen ladders, I've seen chairs, but I haven't seen cricket balls. No, it hasn't mm. been. Um, I've no. seen a cricket bat in some no. stuff, yeah. Someone's done <laughs> with a cricket bat before, but it's rare. Yes, David. Would have been all right if he just said it once. <laughs> and then we go down to Russell Arnold. They're asking him about it. He doesn't know what he's talking yeah. about. And then they go to the Sri Lanka player on the mic, and he's like, "Oh, do you want to call this ball the Undertaker?" And the Sri Lanka player's like, "I don't understand what you're saying." I don't saying. understand what you're saying. I don't know. The, like, the poor bloke on the mic. Like, I think oh. he, I think his English might have been suspect at best, and he he could not understand Howie. He could not understand Warney. And fucking half us can't understand Mark War, so he had no fucking hope. He understands English fine, he just couldn't understand yeah. those three. <laughs> oh, I think that's a very good point. If someone had spoken normally to him, he probably would have been Asked him about too. cricket, perhaps. Yeah. I just wanted to say, Jesus has been a, a long fucking summer of Warty, hasn't it? Like, I think oh, it's fucking five crikey. months or some shit. of just Warty yeah. on every fucking telecast. Well, I didn't watch much of the games from the SCG Friday, Sunday, but I watched a little bit last night, and I've actually come around to Andrew Simons because I like, yeah, I'm, he's I'm, not I like the most... Roy and I like yeah. Binger as well. Yeah. Binger and Roy have good chemistry, so I find they're really yeah. good when they're together. Yeah. So, you might, you know, in years past, I would have knocked Roy for not being a great uh, speaker, but he's improved a bit with his uh, sort of um, you know what it is too? Uh, the way got he talks. A lot better cricket and knowledge than you think uh, he's going to have. And 
he just talks about the cricket. Yeah, occasionally they talk a little bit about fishing, but he quickly always want to come back to talking mm. about the cricket, not talking about himself. You, yes. you, you say you're like uh, Binghamick, but I was watching <laughs> last game and he was talking about there being such a great carnival atmosphere at wherever they were playing, Monica, Monica. Yeah. and he said, there's lots of people talking to each other and hand clapping. <laughs> no, who calls it hand clapping? Look at all the people hand clapping out there. It's Como. Yeah. Oh fuck it! There's lots of people talking and hand clapping. What an atmosphere! What he did tell a Maybe funny story. Like religious carnivals, and that's all they're allowed to do. <laughs> oh, that's happy clapping, I think. Yeah. He did tell a good story <laughs> last night, um, Brettley. He said when Steve Wall first got his new bat sponsored by the uh, Madras Rubber mm-hmm. Factory, uh, someone came up to him and said, "Who's Mister F?" Yeah. <laughs> Because I'm talking about how expensive cricket bats were. Yes, they were. Well, they'd fucking uh, yeah. How he can get in the bin, basically, is too. Yeah. As far as oh, I'm concerned. How he's just. <laughs> he's uh, just before like... we keep slagging off them, I'll just finish this. Yeah, sorry. So, yeah. Um, Australia beat Sri Lanka by 20 runs. Um, Josh Hazel took four for 12. Zampa took three for 18. Uh, there was a bit of rain around, so it was under Duckworth Lewis at Australia, won by 20 runs. Man, yeah. of, the match was, man of the match was Adam Zampa. Second one was also at the G. SL won the toss and elected to have a bowl. Inglis will get 48. Um, Harasanga will get too far. Um, they get one for six, 164 in reply, which means it was a tie. So they would have a super over. So it was Nisanka would get 73 for Sri Lanka. Hazel would take another three for the Aussies. They would go out to the super over. Sri Lanka would get one for five. Aussies would get zero for nine and win. Josh Hazelwood, man of the match. Um, yeah, so, yes, Alex? Didn't uh, Sri Lanka need something like 60 off the last four overs or something ridiculous yeah, like that? Yeah. Need 19 off the last one. They got it. Stoinis got carded, had to bowl the last yeah. over for some reason. Finchy fucked yeah. up there. Just, well, good. just what we need. More they than too many eyes in one game. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think many people saw that game? All of us did, none of us watched the um, Super Over. I watched the first half of it, got bored, turned it off. <laughs> which I do to most T20Is, to be honest. Yes. Interesting, they used to... Um, when reporting on cricket, put the crowd in. But I yeah. couldn't really find the Yeah, they don't tend to do it. And it, Or you have to really dig around and find it or just like it won't be in the scorecard somewhere. It'll be like tucked away, third paragraph of the article. Mm. The 20,000 carnival atmosphere, happy clappers in the crowd yeah. who were excited when English scored 35. Well, I think the, um, the worst thing to come from the BBL, which has affected these games in the T20I, is what we're just talking about with the commentary is this whole like three man team for the entire oh, game? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I know, like that's what footy does and all that type of stuff as well. But cricket, it just it because there's not as much action maybe as the game of football. So cricket, it seems to get tiresome really quickly, especially when one of those three voices is the man we've been whinging about, Shane Keith fucking Warren. <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah. There's no I love the sound of my own from... voice, as you can tell as I talk over Ross and don't let him get yeah. a word in. <laughs> fuck me, Shane Warne has me covered. Like, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At least, Mick, you say a point. You don't have to say it 800 times <laughs> in the five minutes after you made the initial point. Um, with footy, too, they usually cross at quarter time at halftime to a different crew somewhere. Yeah, I'm not sure whether it's like they're just saving a bit of money on you know, paying talent. In inverted commas. Um, I, think, I think what it started out with, with COVID, I think it was a case of trying to keep commentary teams for the BBL in hmm. states and yeah, not yeah. move them around too much. Yeah, not have to buy extra work, equipment to telecast. Oh, it worked out, oh, they can do the job that way. Oh, and that winds up being cheaper. Oh, let's do that instead. So, yeah. But I think for the internationals, they should have a bigger team because it's not enough. But hmm. yes, Roscoe. Yeah, they've got Russell Arnold on the boundary for yeah, some reason. He's not allowed in the weird. commentary box. They just cross yeah, yeah. him like every three overs and ask him and he speaks for like a minute. Yeah, yeah. And then I assume like, he's here doing Sri Lankan TV cup. Yeah. You'd be traveling with the team. <laughs> he's not really on the boundary. He's just in the commentary box next door. Yeah. That's why they've never shown him. He yeah. never appears on camera. He was the on boundary. camera in the first game. Oh, was he? I didn't yeah, he was in the crowd, sort oh. of. Yeah. Okay. 
And um, the other thing is, yeah, they sometimes do that where they have uh, two teams, but then they have the, the host, the Channel 10 host, came over from, to Channel 7. And uh, she only seems to do like two minutes before the game, two minutes at halftime, two minutes at the end of the game. And that's the whole... Best gig in, in oh, Australian television. That. Six well, commentate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it could be um, a good pitch there, Mick, to do in having four commentators and doing it in pairs and rotating yeah. through the pairs just for a bit of variety. Because uh, if you yeah. get the three and you don't like two oh, of them. They well, go on a tangent that they carry oh, out through the whole game and it's yeah. like, yeah, and that's yeah. annoying that's to they, you. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why, like, those ones went. And also, when you, you, you in the BBL, especially, you found it, that's why it's always good, I think, sometimes, too, to have that, like a Kath Mocklin or an Ishigur yeah. or a Mel Jones yeah. because you break up the whole, like, Buddy buddiness that seems to happen with guys yeah. with like Howie and some of the guys where yeah. and it, and it yeah. gets a little bit more like focused on this is the cricket and this is this and this is what we're doing but yeah yeah what I can see Russell Arnold lives in Sydney so maybe that's why he's there oh maybe mm. now the interesting one to me is why if you're playing games in the same city so there's no travel could you not play them on consecutive days. Well, you can't play two days of cricket in a row. No way, Ross. <laughs> no. Come on, mate. Not what a whole... Goodness gracious me. You could be out there for a back... day, Ross. You could be out there for a maximum of 80 overs Yeah, you want to play days. 80 overs across two fucking days, Ross. <laughs> you fucking <laughs> idiot. I was thinking they could have started this series on Wednesday in Sydney. Played Wednesday, Thursday in Sydney. <laughs> Friday, Saturday, Got on the bus Sunday. Friday morning, got down to... Canberra oh, played one there. Got got the plane down to Melbourne. Played Saturday, Sunday in Melbourne. Done. Could have yeah. even got a bus. Yeah. For some reason, the, all the games are ten past seven start, except for the last game, this Sunday game. What is it? The game in Melbourne's Friday at seven ten, and then the the last game on the Sunday's five ten. Oh yeah, they might have an early flight out. The Sri Lankan game. <laughs> So they can get the movie in afterwards. Is, is that where they wanted just to do the worst time to record a podcast? <laughs> I was it podcast it related? They looked at when we used to record at <laughs> like five ten. Fucks What's up your on whole at day. Eight thirty on Sunday night that they need to cut off the broadcast on. Uh, I think Universal Mate, Soldiers playing. Yeah, Universal <laughs> Soldiers <laughs> playing again. And the river with Kevin Bacon's on, isn't it? <laughs> That'd be about you. The Steven Seagal movie. What's he in Gilbert Grape's time? I think Ross. So. Yeah, that's no joke. That movie. Fly down below with Steven Seagal where he plays like an Alaskan Indian or some shit. <laughs> the blood bank's on. <laughs> above All the right. wall and he lives so- above a police station. <laughs> <laughs> where do you live? Above the law. Above the law. It's not just a clever name. Then. <laughs> so speaking of Steven Seagal, we've got the third oh. T20i from Monica Oval, which I heard is Steven Seagal's favourite cricket crown. It um, is. So- he told me once. I met him in Sydney at a red carpet event. <laughs> so I interviewed him for the podcast. Australia won the Alan toss Borderman? and elected to have a bowl. Matinee. Shalango will get eight for 121. Uh, Cole Drip, Kane Richardson came into the side. And yeah. we'll three for 21. So uh, Nice. The Aussies would have a bat. Um, story of the match was Ashton Agar would open the batting with Ben McDermott. And then we um, shit. And Finchie would drop down to three to give him a break from having to face the new ball in the first couple of overs. <laughs> no one told Ben McDermott that when he made a first ball golden duck. So, no one um, fucking told me I'd be out here in the first over again. I think so that's what Finchie would come saying. out for the second ball of the game just to have that break. <laughs> <laughs> they said on commentary that he had his helmet on the entire tea break, too. <laughs> I thought it was yeah, very funny. In his zone. So, um, <laughs> Finchie would play a very unfinchy like innings. He kind of batted within himself a bit because he's been copping a bit of flack. He would get 35 from 36 balls. Oh, he's uh, back. Maxi would get 39 off about 20 odd and played the most amazing switch fucking hit. It's not really that amazing because he does it all the time, but it's still fantastic to see. In fairness, but the Sri Lankan bloke bowled him a fucking waist-high full toss and said, if you're going to hit a switch hit, hit it off this one, Glenn. And he <laughs> bang and hit a six. So that was a very good stream. 
Um, Thek Shana would take three for 24 for the Slangers, but it wasn't enough. As the Aussies win by six wickets, really four wickets because they didn't bowl Sri Lanka out. Oh. Man of the match was Cold Drip Kane Richardson. Jeez, every game's been a bowler man of the match. Unheard of. I just can't so, abide T20's this. Sport, mate. T20's yeah. a bowler's format. Yeah, you've always just, said that, Mick. Yeah. Can't take this agar opening the batting crap. Like, what the hell was Don't that take about? It. It's one game, mate. Like, has it ruined I, your life, has it? <laughs> no, it's just bullshit. I think it has. Twisted sister just going on in the background. <laughs> You're doing a convoy to Canberra, Ross. <laughs> Twisted sister play. You're <laughs> <laughs> a gonna... jolly mod, I yell as you burn off up the hume. I'm going to go through the great explorers of the northern suburbs, Ruthven and Dennis. Okay. Now, also, I, I'm looking forward to getting to Canberra so I can talk to that guy about his calendar and he can explain to me why oh, the New Year's test on Jesus, January 7th. Jesus, some fucking crazies up there. <laughs> Check out we... my website, 2028.com. <laughs> <laughs> We're not a political podcast, though. So. so, getting back to Agar, ridiculous decision. Nothing that he's ever done in T20 international cricket uh, suggested that he would be good at. He's got a career strike rate in T20Is of 104. And last night he came out, he hit a single six and a single four and made 13 off 13 balls. Like, if he's meant to be out there doing a pinch hitting, which Brett Lee said, he wasn't doing jack shit. He was zero off six. Like, what the hell? It's just nothing. It was nothing innings. Yeah, they open you, with you just watched his partner make a fucking gold duck. It's like, oh, I better yeah. fucking shut up shop. Well, why did he take the first <laughs> Rebuild, ball? rebuild. He didn't, he didn't even night watchman for him. He didn't take the first ball. It's just, it was stupid. Why not open with Inglis or... Stoinis, Stoinis opens for the Stars or Glenn even Maxwell. Glenn Maxwell. Yeah. yeah, Nonsense. Absolute crap. Anyway, as Glenn Maxwell said, with the bat and Ashton, we probably haven't seen the best of him yet in international cricket. Oh, I don't know. I think I pretty much saw it last Didn't night. he made 98 yeah. in a test match? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's his best. Yeah. That's international cricket's so, best. <laughs> talking of Agar, though, Mick, a pivotal moment came at a Perth concert that he went to, that he attended, uh, that was South London rapper Loyal Karner. L-Y-L-E, yeah. Okay. Uh, this is a quote from Agar. He was owning the stage and it was beautiful. I thought, quote, this is so cool. He just has such great presence and we're all there to watch him. I was thinking to myself, oh, I'd love to do that. But at the moment, I kind of realised I actually have the chance to do this all the time. Every time I get to play cricket. So I guess Not every approaching... time. <laughs> so I guess approaching <laughs> games like that, it's easier said than done, but it's something you need to practice. Being brave. And just going for it, being open to what might happen. Mm. If I were to take the conservative route and just try to survive in this game, I think it would be a bit of a miserable existence. It's much nicer to try and thrive than just survive. And that's our self-help mm. podcast yeah. finished. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. been thank you to Frederick Howard Sock Company. <laughs> you know what couldn't survive? The hairs on the top of Ashton's fucking head. <laughs> he looks like that. What's that purple alien? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, like Widget the World Watcher. That's the one. Oh, that's he does. He does look like Widget the World Watcher. I was say he looks like Roger from American Dad. But yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, oh, um... Have you seen? Remember that old movie from the eighties, Mac and Me? That was like the ET ripoff. No. Oh, if you ever look up what that bloke looks like online? Looks like fucking Ash Nager. All right, I'll, I'll look it up after the podcast, Mick. I promise. Um, <laughs> what was that last line, um, Ross? Oh, it's better to, already. better to thrive than to just oh. survive. I think, I think it's that's better to have lived and loved and lost than just to have loved it all. Lost it all. <laughs> Ain't that true? Roses are red, violets are agar. <laughs> Something it says here um, with passion, anything is possible. With passion pop, very little. <laughs> mm. Yeah, that make, really makes you think. And I wish Ashton yeah. Agar all the best. And, uh, in everything, and his both guru, Kev Bancroft, who obviously taught him all this. Yeah, he's the yogi. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I wish him all the best with his batting and his bowling. And another person I know who is wishing him all the best and was cock-a-hoop when he got to open the batting yesterday was Michael Beer. He's very happy. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Said, well, oh, you know. They should have been opening the batting a long time ago. <laughs> All righty. So, um, for those playing at home, Ross wasn't impressed. Ashton Agar opened it better. No. Um, so, Shit. before we move on to um, a bit of international cricket talk, just going to quickly touch on some things that have come out since the last podcast surrounding the whole Justin Langer situation. Yes, Alex. 
Um, again, this is in the long line of shit that happens the day after we record, yeah. so we have to wait mm. two weeks to talk about it. Now it's old news, but I still want to fucking talk about it, though. So, um, as we know, Justin Lane got the chop. Um, all his mates, a few of them backflipped once Patrick Cummins had his press conference and um, basically said that, you know, he, he spoke very well, Patrick. He didn't really say much in terms of why they wanted to fuck Langer off, but he said it very well that it appeased some people and not others. Um, but the, interesting, the thing I want to talk about, we can talk about the backcoming stuff in a minute, but the thing I want to talk about was it just recently come out in the last couple of days from Michael Vaughan, who talked about this on a podcast he was on. So for those of you at home and in the fucking studio right now, we'll remember that just after the Sydney test and before the Tassie test, word got out that there was a group of the players that were very keen on Trevor Bayless to get the Australian position. Yep. And everyone's like, oh, I wonder where that's come from, rah, rah, rah. Michael Vaughan put a little bit of light onto that subject over the last couple of days. So Michael Vaughan and two English journos, and very well-known cricket journos, I don't know who they are, but in England I'm guessing they're well-known. But um, uh, George they write for one writes for like... Has to be. One, they write for the two whatever papers they have over there. Yeah. Anyway, those two chaps and Michael Vaughan were in a Tassie or a Sydney pub, one or the other, depending on. I can't remember. I can't remember all the details. This is good details, Mick. This is what yeah. our podcast is built on: strong but foundations of getting facts out there. They were in a pub, sitting on a table, having a meal and having a beer. Pat what Cummings, sort of beer, Mick? Shut up. Um, they were sitting so sitting Pat on a Cummings, table. Not Pat sure. Cummings and some other people, senior people from Australian cricket, like the, some of the senior players and some off-field staff and that, come and sit down at a table about 10 metres away from them. Somehow either they know Vaughan is there and, don't, and ignore him or they don't know he's there, they don't know who these two journos are, whatever, and start discussing about getting Justin Langer sacked and who they want to replace him with. And that's how the story got out. <laughs> so those two blokes basically <laughs> were listening and went, Okay, okay, okay. And then the, it was in the newspapers the next fucking day because they were having a meeting at a fucking pub sitting a fucking 10 metres away from two fucking English journos. It's like, okay. Jesus Christ. And um, and I love Vaughan. His last, like, his finish of his story was, the only advice I'll give you in all of this, Patrick, is you're captain of Australia, mate. Everyone knows who you are. And if you sit at the table talking loud enough, everyone's going to listen, mate. So, wow. Jesus. Well, Mick, I've got two words for CA. Private room. Yeah. <laughs> you've got all the bloody money in the world. Just They're usually free at But well, I don't know if it was a CA-driven thing. That's the other side. Yeah, uh, okay. Well, Pat yeah. Cummins, you've got but plenty still, of money. Like, it's it's fucking room. dumb, but just dumb. Yeah. 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 And I like how Mike – was it Michael Vaughan there? Yeah, Michael Vaughan was there with the journos. Oh, so they wouldn't know what he looks like. No, well, that's exactly <laughs> I do Fair like that they've outfit Michael Vaughan. They're like, who, gives yeah. a, who's, who is that guy? Who yeah. cares? Yeah. Whatever. Fuck that guy. Fuck yeah. that guy. I'm, I'm yeah. Pat Cummins. <laughs> I got sloppy rig. Funny, funny arms. Can you imagine us trying to have a secret meeting with me in a pub? Fucking yeah. hell. Yeah. I would know what we'll fuck <laughs> The bartenders have to turn the tellies up when you walk in. The pub next door would know what we'll fuck did you hear the podcast? Yeah, through the wall. Did you just hear this banging on the other side of the wall? Shut the fuck up. The rugby's on. Uh, but, yeah, so um, other thoughts on the Justin Langer fucking situation. Or whatever. Uh, it's so much information. Oh, who knows? so but... much crap about his mates who played with him. Shut up. You don't know what he's like as a coach. You know him as a player. He's your mate. Doesn't mean he's a good coach. So what if he's a good coach? He's a prick. He's clearly a pain in the ass. Yeah. No one wants to work with someone who's a pain in the ass. Doesn't matter if they're good at their job or bad at their job. If they're a pain in the ass, just get rid of them. Yeah. And they've seen from the ashes that um, the other coaches have <laughs> stepped up and they've turned in his role can do the same job as Justin Langer and not be pricks. Not hard to feed a bowling machine. Fuck oh. <laughs> Put the wanger on. Oh, yeah. I can do this. Yeah. Bowl a few and, nurries to oh, your seat. <laughs> The wanger must be harder than you think, considering the fucking old Matthew Mott's breaking Beth Mooney's fucking jaw with one. So well, obviously that's true. it's harder to handle than people think. But yeah. yeah, maybe I that's why they wanted Langer gone. He's such a cunt. Imagine him with a wanger. Fucking <laughs> hell. Maybe that's why Bukowski's in the shape he's in. Langer just gets <laughs> him in the net with no lid on and just wangers it, but doesn't not in the pitch. It's like straight at Bukowski, like beam balls him with the wanger. Yeah, I can't remember, but um, oh, good. 
Yeah, it was good. I did actually get a little inside word. You might uh, remember I shared it with you. A little inside word about what Justin Langer actually did during the Ashes. But yep. um, it, he was, it was so insignificant that I've actually forgotten what it was because he wasn't oh, coaching okay. the team. Yeah. Cool. Did like, he bring you know, a lot to the change rooms at least? No, nah, like he, he cooked a toasted sandwich for the bus driver or something. I can't remember. No, he doesn't like toasted sandwiches. Oh, oh, that's I, heard, I heard the what I heard was, which might be what you're alluding to, Roscoe, was that yep. he to do the um, gone in 30 seconds, Nick Cage, <laughs> guns, and then go, let's go. And everyone will walk out of the change room to go play cricket. That's it, Nick. I'd forgotten that. He'd get the he'd get the Bernie Mac funny hat on backwards, <laughs> right? and he'd He'd also take, he did two characters in one, which is the great mystery of um, Justin Langer because he's such you know because he's an opener. It's all about partnerships, but Hados wasn't there, so he did both roles. It was very okay. um, very cool. Wow. It's amazing. He played that some stupid, improv class. That stupid fucking song from Gone in sixty seconds before they steal Low the Rider. Yep. Yeah, boo boo, whatever. <laughs> and then and then he shakes his hand in a funny way and goes, "Okay, let's go." <laughs> Then, then I think before they, they go out after lunch, before yeah. they go yeah. out after lunch, he gives the Al Pacino speech from um, any given Sunday. <laughs> game of inches. Yeah, he fucking does that one. Every but forces everyone to take a knee that a police walks in for no reason. Did we um did we talk about Hados? He says it's a game of inches. No, not yet. Run out. It's a game of inches. Yes, David, you can talk about that because we haven't talked about it. It's a game of umpire's calls. Oh, you can oh. be quiet, you other two. I'll just wait for these two. Yeah. <laughs> I've it's got a more. game of decision reviews. <laughs> <laughs> the game of TV umpires. We, uh, we right to go? He's still pissed on the fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I played with him, he's a cut. Fuck up, shit. <laughs> Ron Tucker didn't even play international cricket. That's all he did. Just go on a 20-minute rant from the tea break about the umpires. See that, Over to you, David. See that red dot at the top left of the screen, fellas? That says fucking recording, you idiots. <laughs> Not sitting at a pub just talking amongst ourselves, you fucking blonde. Isn't that why our listener listens? Oh, yeah. Listen to you and Ross talk absolute shit about Gordon six Look, seconds. I might be biased. <laughs> I might be biased, but I think it's pretty fucking funny. Yeah, Thank I you mean, very much, David. Anything that comes out of your mouth you think is funny. Yes, uh, pretty much. Uh, Mackay style. I've lost my mojo. Yeah, Move on, Nick. Country club. Uh, so what Dave was trying to touch on was fucking there's an article in the paper that fucking in some kind of move of solidarity, Ados <laughs> got a new dog and named it Alfie after his great mate. <laughs> And he said something along the lines of, will he take this test team to number one in the world and then get wristled? Yeah. He won't because he's a fucking dog. <laughs> you know you what? Know what? Con- considering the talent we currently have and the way England were going, I do think that dog could have taken him to number uh, one. I think he'd probably open the baton. They wouldn't sack him, though. <laughs> Too nice. He needs to have pats. He can't Keep the dog. Keep the dog. He's good. Um, hilariously... <laughs> Don't call your dog Justin. Call Alfie, which is yeah. actually a rugby player. Rugby league. Yeah. yeah so anyway, but it was yeah. Langer's. That's what Hados nicknamed him because he's a yeah. big dumb Queensland rugby Queensland. league fucking idiot. Yeah. So. Oh, oh, Alfie Langer's from. I think the caption has changed. Um, he got rid of the wrist old bit. Yeah. Oh, did he? Hados is another yeah. one of those ones that oh, I fucking loved him coward. as a player, and oh, since yeah. then I yeah, cannot yeah. fucking. Yeah. Isn't it sad how most of the blokes we love watching play cricket yeah. have all just turned into absolute fuckwits? Probably the only one who has is Ricky Ponting. Oh, yeah, I was about to say that, Ricky Ponting. Oh, Shane Watson's right. still pretty nice, but we didn't like mm. watching him play. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't play often enough for us to like it. Dizzy's all right. I like watching yeah, him. Dizzy's all right. Um, I wonder what Andy Bickle's like now. Probably right. can't. He's right. yeah. Andy, Andy Bickle. <laughs> like I hear he plays the ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Um, so we're going to talk a bit of international cricket. We'll move on from the Langer thing. He got sacked. No one liked him. It's that fucking simple. Why, why did he not see out his contract, Nick? His contract to the 1st of June or something. What a weak coward not seeing out his contract. That's what I reckon. Coward. You know what? I don't, don't blame him. I think he threw coward. CA under the bus pretty 
just no, quietly resigning under the bus. Resigning just out of the fucking blue like oh, that. Yeah. yeah. And like they had they had to play this five game T twenty I series just two weeks later. Coachless. Like, they they, had any oh, they didn't even have someone to drive the team from the ground. The players had another <laughs> six months of undermining him to go and he just yeah. fucked it all up. Malcolm Con. Malcolm Con doesn't know what to write me. Oh fuck! He's yeah. done about three pieces he's, of the why it happened. The, he's the biggest loser in this whole yeah. fucking situation. He's had to Malcolm shut down Con's his lost twelve months worth of fucking articles. Yeah, he's had to shut down his JL True Crime podcast because yeah. there's no more episodes <laughs> to make. Yeah. And think of he's the think of the pubs that don't have five or six Australian players putting white handing people. Just going to lose oh. about two three hundred bucks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Mm. All righty. So um, in a bit of international news, uh, the last couple of days have been the IPL auction. Um, so I'll just quickly touch on a few of the interesting Aussies that have been picked up or slash retained by their franchises. Uh, so uh, the big show, Glenn Maxwell, was retained by the Royal Challengers Bangalore for $2.52 million. Um, Stoinkloff was retained by the Lucknow Super Giants on one point seven. Paddy Cummins went to Kolkata Knight Riders for 1.34. Uh, Dave Warner went to the Daly Capitals on 1.15. And he will be joined, joined even by the Bison, who got 1.2. He got half a million more. Not half a million, no. No, not quite. 50,000 more than old fucking Warner to play for the Daly Capitals. Uh, Josh Hazelwood will also be with Maxwell at the uh, Royal Challengers Bangalore on 1.44. And Ross's man, Tim fucking David has gone to Mumbai on $1.53 million. Good on him. Yeah. Um, I hope he does well because uh, I got on him early, told you guys about him. He's, he's like yeah. when we got on flying lasagna early. Yeah. Tim F. David. Remember that? I think um, Tim David's <laughs> like the list A of actual cricketers to me. I have no idea who he is. Yeah. So apparently, no so apparently, um, Howie was talking about it on must be in the second. Yeah, I heard a bit of this. Yeah, yeah, that he'd been basically reached out to by a few different IPL teams who were interested in Tim David and said basically start talking him up on the commentary. I don't know why you'd want them to, yeah. why you'd want that, but because that, that drives his price up and makes more people interested. Wouldn't you want the opposite? Stop yeah. fucking talking about him so we can get him for like eight. No one was talking about him. Unless they want okay. Tim David shirts selling yeah, out of the wazoo. But I also yeah, wonder whether they wanted that, whether a couple of teams are playing Ducks and Drakes trying to get someone like Mumbai to overspend on him. Uh, yeah, maybe. Classic. But um, Classic Ducks and Drakes, isn't it? The other, <laughs> the other list that has a few interesting names on it, as of when I wrote it down, is the unsold mm. list. And on that mm. list is... Judging by the last couple of matches, unsurprisingly, Steve Smith, because he cannot play T20 cricket at that point. That's why the Sydney Sixers were so keen to get him into the BBL for So they could lose even more spectacularly. Um, (laughs) So, But Matty Wade has gone unsold, which is a little bit surprising. That is Uh, weird. Adam Zampa has gone unsold. That's surprising. He's Uh, actually good. Lubber Shane has gone and sold. Yeah, so As has Benny McDermott, which is the current he just yeah. he runs run scoring the BBL. Mm. And uh, kind of unsurprisingly, Finchie went unsold. But you know, the form he's been in, I don't I can't um like you know, it's, it's not funny that hard to, to notice, Mick, that there, there were there, lots of those players put um prices on their head. I had a bit of a laugh at some of the prices yeah. some of the players put on their head, whereas Tim David was at the I think the lowest or close to yeah. the second lowest, seventy five thousand. And went for one million. I think, you know, a bit of is it called hubris or something about? Um, but say if you're like Ben McDermott, for example, sorry, I think you know, I'm going to let you speak in a mm. If you're Ben McDermott, for example, wouldn't you just do what Tim David did, but and put yeah. yourself in at like a hundred k? You know what? Yeah, hundred k for six weeks, even if that's all I get, that's <laughs> pretty fucking good. I think he would be one of the first ones. Sorry to just interrupt, yeah. Nick. Um, one of the first ones if they get an injury. The, yeah. Seems to go to because he was a bit lower, I think, in the pricings, and I just feel like he's the sort of bloke who drop everything and go. Yeah. Yeah. He, I read an article about him when he got his chance in, I think, the Bangladesh yeah. and West Indies T20s. His wife's pregnant, going to give birth. They both agreed. No, you go play. 
and yeah. don't be there for the birth. Jesus. What different to, no, because of his opportunity, he's been so you know pushing to get this Australian opportunity. It was too. That was his chance to get in. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. like a big decision, but interesting to read that because he's sort of that fringe guy. His story is a lot more interesting, and the sort of sacrifice they make, they genuinely do make yeah. a lot of sacrifices. The fringe guys. Uh, another one that I read, slightly different scenario, but um, uh, the Farwad Ahmed. Just in the last two years, he's been playing everywhere. He's done six or eight stints in two-week hotel quarantine. Yeah. yeah. Just pays the money, three grand. That's, you know, takes it out of what he's earning because that's how he makes a living playing cricket around the world. Mm. Just does it. Never hear about it. He just does it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You, can, you just hear about the English test side yeah, complaining. Yeah, yeah. Peace up at the Yarra Valley. Yeah, the guys that have just been fed everything private school wankers anyway. Um, uh, did Ben Cunning get signed? I think he did by someone. Um, oh, he may have. He was sitting there unsigned for a long have, time. He was, when I did, the, I did this list a couple of nights ago, he was unsigned, yeah. but he may have since then. So, yeah, was that's a, a whole list of like the lower tier guys that hadn't been um, either bid on yet or anything. So, I, this I did this list the other day when all the big dogs had kind of been done. Can they, Nick? Yeah. I know they had the two day auction, but. Now, can they just sign players? Like, if they've still got a slot left, and I they just go to someone. Why is it become free agents? And they can just negotiate mm. with them. But right. and then really if there's sure injuries, they I, they like, often sign players. Apart from just seeing like what some of these players get paid, that for me, just reading like, um, fucking hell, how much are they getting? That's the most exciting part of the IPL. Yeah, like, yeah. No <laughs> yeah, because like, um, I was thinking, gee, Stornis went for a lot. I've never heard of him doing a good job in the IPL. It's like, because I never follow it. I've got no yeah. idea. I know Maxwell did well in the last IPL because yeah. he made a few headlines because he's making big runs. But, um, yeah, and it's also easy to follow him because just numbers come up. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot more interesting <laughs> than watching 20, 40 hours of cricket every day. It's almost like it's a little bit like a fixture, Ross. Mm. similar. Dan Sam's you. went for big money, like 600,000. How? I refuse to believe he's any good. Oh, absolutely. I agree. He made 91 game, and then either side of that, he made like three ducks in five innings, either side of it. Like, it's just not that good. Anyway. All righty. So we'll move on from that, and we'll talk a little bit more numbers, but we're going to talk a bit of domestic cricket numbers. So uh, in the last couple of – basically the last week, we've had a – Sheffield Shield and a one-day game. Um, yep. So we'll start with the Sheffield Shield. So I'll throw to you first, Roscoe. So you've got Queensland versus New South Wales. We'll do the Shield first, and then I'll yep. throw to you after I do my Shield, and we'll do the one-dayers. Sounds good. Then I can open up a new tab. All right. <laughs> uh, so we're up at the Gabba for this one. Queensland versus New South Wales. Queensland batted first. Usman opened, made 63 off 155 balls out of 193 all-outs. With uh, our man, Chris Tremaine, taking three for 26. Good to see him back. Dan Hughes made 86 not out for New South Wales in a total of 186. Carried his bat. Good effort. Chris Tremaine, 37. Jeez. And then it was five for 46 to what the feck it is, Mark Steckity. <laughs> and uh, in reply, second innings, Queensland didn't fare much better. 129 minus, made 44. Another two for Chris Tremaine. And uh, New South Wales needed 137 to win. They fell in a massive big hole. They were two for two. And then they were five for 79. But um, it was Chris Tremaine, 16 not out. He got him over the line. Harry Conway, one not out. Eight for 137. Um, Mark, Mike Nisa took three for, as did Mark Steckity. So, yeah, very low-scoring game up at the Gabba. I guess that's, um, you know, late-season February game. Groundskeeper just couldn't be bothered, so did a half-assed job and turned out a green top. So the game be over in three days. So why we groundskeep, Alex? Get on the piss early. Absolutely, mate. <laughs> so you can dis- water the pitch that's just been shit for everyone. <laughs> One of the most disappointing aspects of this game was the points allocation. Cool. New South Wales, seven. Oh. Queensland, one. Oh. No decimals. Boring. No decimals. Completely boring. boring. Both but teams need to do better, Ross. I would say that it was well refereed by Kepler Vessels. Mm, I and Chris Tremaine was man of the match. So there That's you go. Surprising. Well done. Well, yeah. Blockhead himself. Well done. Oh, Blocky. Yeah. Over to you, Mick. All righty, yeah. So the other Sheffield Shield match uh, that went on was uh, South Australia hosting the Victorians at Karen Rolt Noble. So um, SA won the toss and elected to have a bat. 
it wasn't looking like such a great idea early on because Scotty Boland was just doing Scotty Boland things. But Jake Weatherald and Daniel Drew did the job for the Saf. Uh, I was going to call them the Saffers, not the Saffers. They're the Sackers. And uh, Daniel Drew will get one thirty-three. That's right, Daniel Drew. I don't know who the fuck he no. is, either, but he got he's got a first, he's got one more first-class time than me now. So good on him. Um, <laughs> Son of Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> And Jake Weatherall got 120. Uh, for the fix, it was uh, Mitch Perry got four for 57. And the ball batsman got Scotty Boland got four for 61. Mitch Perry went at 1.9 and over. So they, they coughed up 366, but he fucking, him and Bolo both went at basically two and over. So it was the other boys getting, getting a bit of stick. Um, so the Vicks would make 264 and fly. Uh, Maddinson would get 82 to top score, but uh, Harris, Marcus Harris and Will Pekoski both got 50s. Uh, they basically put on a 100-something opening run stand, as they seem to do when they bat together. Uh, it was Nathan McAndrew getting three for 60 for the Saka. Uh, David Grant would also get three for 66. And the son of the paper magnate, Brendan Doggett, would get three for 72. Ooh. Lloyd Pope did well. I assume he did. <laughs> He didn't do well. Oh, did he not? Um, so SA would make 213 second time up. Henry Hunt would get 57. It was the chief, big Will Sutherland getting three for 42. Um, yeah, so the Vicks would be set 316 for victory. Um, they would end up batting out the draw. Peter Hanscom would get 148 not. No, no, I think he did go out. Sorry, he got 148 to help the Victorians get the draw. Doggett would get four for 51. The uh, disappointing thing to come out of this match was Will Pekoski got another concussion and is in big strife, unfortunately. What's even more concerning... Yes, Alex? I'll continue. I'll, I'll, after tell, you I'll, I'll tell the Pekoski story. What's more concerning is how he got his concussion. The way Marcus Harris told the story on radio was before the game, they were playing with a volleyball. Will Pekoski kicked the volleyball in the air and headed it like a soccer ball. Now, for those playing at home, a volleyball is like fucking 100... 15% air. Like, it's that much. It's fucking nothing to it. He Pretty edited light. it, and it gave yeah. him a concussion. Um, Mick, I love I Will, just, but he is fucked. Yeah. Um, also, it's not very smart. Like, no. what are you doing? Yeah. You shouldn't. First of all, you're not meant to kick a volleyball. And um, <laughs> what, what the volleyball no, police over here. Volleyball police. What have they even got the volleyball there for? You're going to play volleyball with it? You're meant to be playing soccer. Get a soccer ball if you're playing soccer, right? They've got all the equipment in the world. I'm looking at the strength and <laughs> conditioning guys, and I'm going, "What are you guys doing? If you're not going around to Will and saying, mate, we're going to get out the soccer ball. You've had 15 concussions. You like don't." Head the ball. Yeah, don't bother. What's yeah. the point of them, guys? They might as well just not have their job. We we Come don't on. know what advice from a medical professional yeah. Will Pekowski's had. Oh, Look, I, you're most likely right, but you just don't know. We're speculating. Yeah, that's true. But, but it's unfortunately, just like, if it really was that minor a situation, it is extremely fucking concerning. To yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, Horrible for him. I mean, it, it, you know, I don't. Surprised he's coming back or thinking about coming back after an incident like that. I think I actually I got a. He might be wearing a Phil Narkel helmet. Um, <laughs> next place, an so actual just, motorcycle helmet. Yes, yeah. and his batting helmet. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's the thing, like, it's probably some get shit get... cricket regulation that forces you to wear an actual cricket helmet. But like right? if you're CA, right? So if you're CA and you've got this bloke you think is going to be the next big thing in the world, don't you approach someone who makes like motorcycle helmets or something and go, "Can we like get fix a this cunt? Can we get a better cricket helmet to fix this?" Yeah, thing yeah. Well, Mick, you make a good point, and he's also going to wear it during the warm-ups. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Um, so as I said, bricks and yes. Uh, <laughs> We'll just, um, I'll just outline um, uh, Lloyd Pope's bowling numbers. Oh, yeah, um, sorry, mate. Yes. Uh, he had his best um, uh, uh, first-class game with runs per over. In the first innings, he had one wicket of 11.5 overs with 33 runs, going at 2.87. That is by far his uh, most economical bowling of his career. And he got a wicket. And he got a wicket too. Um, and in the second dig, he bowled 24 overs, none for 76, going at 3.17, which is by far his second best ec- economy rate going around. So that's um, 
given his overall yearly economy rate to 4.49 now, which was much higher before the game started. And he's got a bowling average of 48 and a strike rate of 64. So not it's it's he is now not at worst spin bowler of all time levels in those numbers. Now he's just shit spin bowler levels. So good on him. I wish him all the best. <laughs> Well done. Both his batting and his bowling. Uh, yeah, he's, he's averaging 5.5 with a bat this year, which is by far his highest. It's mate, five that, times his last year's batting average. Mate, that would get him in the fucking premiership side of a C-grade fucking end. <laughs> Let me tell you fucking what. Uh, so the match ended in a draw. Uh, SA will get 3.66 points and Victoria will get 2.64 points. For those playing at home, the Vicks are on top of the ladder. So, well done to them in the Shield. Yes. So next up is the Marsh One Day Cup, which the same sides played each other. So, Roscoe, you can kick off with the Queensland-New South Wales game. Okay. I'm going to do a little quick quiz for you. I'm going to read yeah, up the top do. six of Queensland and then the top six of New South Wales, and then you can tell me who won the game. So, for Queensland, we had Kawaja, Heaslett, Labuschagne, Renshaw, and Burns, top six. So five of those blokes have played um, test cricket and Heaslet's played one-day cricket for Australia. And this is the top six of New South Wales. Hayden Kerr, Lachlan Hearn, Jason Sanger, Jack Edwards, and Mick Larkin. New South Wales. Yeah, yeah, New South Wales won. (laughs) It was a 24, rain-reduced 24-over game. Queensland made 7 for 105, which is bad in any way. 24 overs. <laughs> Even if you're going to double it 30. Yeah, yuck. And um, New South Wales made 5 for 101 off 21 overs. Three wickets to that man. Yep. Can't keep a good one down. That's Chris it. Tremaine. And then the bad news was Mick Nisa bowled one ball and did a side strain. And the uh, Pakistan tour now too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No good for him. Re- Replaced by your man. Mark Steckity's that's, going. That's it. And not Jai Richardson. No, nah, Jai Richardson's still dressed. He's still injured. No, nah, it's a long-term plan with him. He's going to go play county cricket, apparently, so he's ready for the next Ashes tour over there. What? Are you just yeah. making that up? No, I'm not. I'm that's actually again. a thing. Yeah. 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 It actually makes sense. No, it doesn't. Play yeah, test does. cricket. No. He's not good enough to play test no, cricket, he's Alex. He's got Chad Sayers. He's... Okay, well, <laughs> maybe he's just. Uh, not- Jai got a wicket. Yeah, I did. Jai got some. Jai got a fiver in his defence. Yeah. <laughs> he bumped his shin on the coffee table the other day too. Uh, yeah. Set him back a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> plantar fasciitis or whatever it's called. Is that how Steve Smith yeah. got a concussion? Did he bump his yeah. head on the coffee no, table? No, his wrist. <laughs> No, they put they put a coffee table on the boundary edge to put the Gatorade bucket <laughs> on, and he bloody clonked his head on it. Unlucky. Clonked his head. Smashed yeah, his bongo. Next day, what do I see on his Insta page? He's selling coffee tables. <laughs> with Onich, a head imprint on them. Onich Autograph. ones? Wasn't yeah, selling Onich. Phil Narkel helmets? That's what he should be selling. <laughs> he should have. <laughs> or that thing Jason Dunster wore when he fractured his cranium. The diving bell. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so the other Marsh one day game that did the rounds was the South Australia hosted the Vicks at Karen Rolton. So SA won the toss and elected to have a bat. They would get seven for 259. Jake Lehman would get 49, and Liam Scott. Jake Lehman? Great Scott. He keeps getting better with age, and that's Johnny Merlot, who took two for 23. (laughs) And he was ably supported by Skull Todd Murphy, who got two for 42. So in reply, the Vicks would chase it down. They'll get five for 262. My man, Marcus Harris, will get 102 not out. And Mackenzie Harvey will get 61. Ginsman, Lloyd Pope, would take three for 51 and was on a hat-trick at one stage. Shit. on a hat-trick, yeah. So the Vicks will win by five wickets. Man of the match was Marcus Harris. I watched the replay of the Victorian batting innings. My favourite part of the whole batting innings was listening to Alex Ross, Theo Dropopoulos, and a couple of other blokes on the commentary continually telling me, even though I knew what was going to happen, continually commentating the whole fucking time saying, Marcus Harris needs 20 runs and there's only 21 runs to win. There's no way he can make his ton. There's no way. He can make his ton. <laughs> I, mean, going, I think he's going to get there, boys, between me and you. But fucking, 
He played some very lovely shots. He, he took a while to get moving, but he um once he got up and going, he, he actually batted really well. So he's in a bit of form. I know, like, barring test cricket, but he actually, in a bit of uh, Premier cricket, he's been making some tons of St Kilda and stuff. So hopefully um he can keep it going and get into Shield cricket and the Vicks can bring home another trophy. And when he goes to Pakistan, hopefully he gets a chance to make some runs. Now, you talking know. about um, batsmen or different batsmen opening, Mick, uh, Marcus Harris batted at three, and the openers were Jake Fraser McGurk and Mackenzie Harvey. That's right. McGurk yeah, was actually quite good. He's very exciting. Mm. I thought that was a good setup having Harris at three. I think that that works well in one day cricket. Yeah. Mm. I think it was good too. So it worked out really well. So I wish all of them the best. Yeah. Oh, he's top three, all three of them. So yeah. um, I don't have the table in front of me, but I assume Victoria. I've got the table. No, no, Victoria's Victoria. second last with a net run rate of negative one point five. You flip so, it upside down with second, so that's all right. That's yeah. And the only team we're beating, of course, is the Saka, who played five games and achieved four points. Fuck. Yep. No good. It's just not that good. No. Um. So from there, that's our domestic cricket. So there's some more fixtures coming up in the next week. I think next week. Yeah, there's another I made a mistake. Week. They start on. They start Friday this week. Okay. Yep. So. So oh, Saturday. Be coming up. One or the other. So they're on KO. If you want to watch them, do yourself a favour. If you don't, fucking just wait for the next podcast and we'll read out some numbers. Um, so, <laughs> so from domestic cricket, we're going to move on to the third prong of the Trident of Mid-Off Cricket podcasting, and that is local cricket. Because as we know, yes. we've got to focus on Australian, international, domestic, and local cricket. And what a prong it is, Mick. Yeah. So we're going My to favourite prong. So we're going to the kick off prong. with a bit of SA Premier Cricket. So first off is the Kensington District Cricket Club, where their skipper, Elliot Opie, sent down an opening spell of 14 overs, which netted him 7 for 24 oh. as they rolled Port Adelaide for 89. So not bad going for Mr. Elliot. Well done. But he was not... He was to be outdone, I should say, by oh. South Australian fast bowler Nick Winter, who plays for the Adelaide University Cricket Club. He would bowl Ooh. 14 overs as well, but he would take eight for 31, including three maidens. So he went at 2.21 and over. Jeez. So uh, not bad going from the South Australian blokes there. So from there, we move oh. over to WA. Um, so... After claiming first innings points with a lead of 133, Shara Jasani's Wanaru District Cricket Club had a crack at an outright victory. So the left-arm tweaker would single-handedly bowl out the oppo for 67. Oh. Sherrard finished with 10 for 30 of 14.4 overs. That included ah. 76 dot balls. Oh. Patience. Yeah, so Good not cricket. Uh, so next up uh, is Chris White of the Ever- Everton District Cricket Club. Chris took Amazing. seven for 26 of 20 overs to help, help roll the opposition for 142. His team were then rolled for 73. <laughs> so not to be discouraged, Chris White would then take eight for 16 of 14.5 overs in the second innings as they rolled the opposition for 47 and then would come out Make the runs and reverse the outright. Oh, you love a good reverse outright. If there was not free beers at the Everton District Cricket Club that Saturday night, the president can go fuck himself. <laughs> yeah, he's a mug. Yeah. Uh, and next up is the uh, Tinton Bar East Bellina Cricket Club, where Ben Crawford would make 52, which doesn't sound like it's that big of a deal, but he would make 52 off 12 balls, 12 people. That's two fucking Jesus. overs, 12. So um, so Ben would make, he would say, oh, Ben started off with a single. He would then hit five sixes, two fours, two sixes, a single, and then go out. That was it. <laughs> so not bad going. Yeah. Um, so last stop um, is the Wilson Shield. In the ECA in in Melbourne, so we had um, North Baldwin were hosting the mighty West Ivanhoe United Cricket Club, where um, former Second Eleven skipper Michael Crendy would uh, open the batting. <laughs> um, he would face seventy two balls, he'd make ninety four. He hit sixteen fours and a six in his little beauty on your sixteen fours, oh, sixteen oh, mini soups in the soups. Wow, well batted, Mick. And the six is a fucking edge too. That's how big my fucking bat is. I use now. But, um, Jesus. Yeah, so yeah, so not bad going for uh, young Mick. I was 87 at drinks, 
and then got three singles Ooh. to get to 90, hit a four and went, yeah, I'm all right now, and got caught at mid-off. Fancy ah, that. Yep. Yeah. All the hallmarks of a Michael Carinzi innings. Yeah. yeah. I think I hit it to the only bloke in their fucking side that could catch. <laughs> you're, so you're, that's another hallmark too. By one bloke. If it was a bag of shit, he would have been brown for fucking years. <laughs> but... Um, all righty, so that is local cricket. Um, do we have any listener feedback? Oh, uh, yes, I did actually. Yes, I had right. um, some feedback from um, a loyal listener who's looked for a long time and just said, I think you're just going from strength to strength. Keep it up. Um, uh, just wondering when we're going to appear on SEN. <laughs> I said, no plans at this stage. Just waiting for the phone call, and we've we're, got pretty high feed. We're so. waiting for FM. <laughs> We're waiting for guarantee of an eight-second delay because we're just going to need that extra <laughs> second, I reckon. But, yeah. Just one up the sleeve, Nick, <laughs> for emergencies. <laughs> uh, all righty. So that will do us here in the Frederick Harold Sock Company studio. So do yourself a favor. You missed Valentine's Day now, so we're going to be aiming for Easter. So if you want to buy some socks... Get in and get some socks. Socks yeah. are better than Easter eggs. You know why they're better than Easter eggs? Because our mate doesn't sell Easter eggs. So buy yourself some fucking socks. Um, oh, yep. All righty. So that'll do And on the third so. day, he rose again and he was wearing socks. Yeah, With exactly. little cricket bats on them. <laughs> so Just a final thought from me, Legendary 1980s wrestling manager, Jim Cornette. Thank you. Fuck you. Bye-bye, everybody. Just a final thought from me, Mick. Uh, just remember, stay classy. <laughs> Fucking shit. <laughs>